You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 29 West Tolpahawken Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. A friend wrote to me from California a couple weeks ago, and she was uh, thanking me for Circle of Hope daily prayer. Oh, yeah, the slide reader went up. That's good. She lives in the top frame. You live in the verdant, spring-like bottom frame. (laughs) So she's in California, and you're here. So you should be thanking God right now. If nothing else, you can just thank God for that. And your night is complete. But she was thanking me for Circle of Hope daily prayer. Here's a picture of what's happening there today. Uh, For those of you who are not familiar with that, uh, this daily prayer called Circle of Hope daily prayer, wind, there's one that's called water, is for um, people who are new to faith or new to Circle of Hope, and it's a day-by-day, just a strategy, a a means, a format that you can use to pray together. So um, when my friend contacted me about this, it was kind of weird because I didn't even think she knew about this, and she is 3,000 miles away, so it's kind of out of the blue. And um, she said she was thankful for daily prayer resources because she was meditation-challenged. And I, 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 that sounded like her, and it sounded funny. Uh, and, and you might feel that way, too. Um, what she really meant was that, for her, in her case, she couldn't uh, read the Bible in the way that people at Circle of Hope Daily Prayer could, and she appreciated the fact that they could get things out of the Bible. And she hasn't been able to, even though she's been a Christian for like 40 years. So she appreciated a, a format that could help her. And that's one reason we're the body of Christ, right? because not everybody's going to learn how to uh, deal with the Bible very well, so you have someone who can. Some people are going to make resources that help you get through your day, and other people don't have any resources that get them through their day. So that's good. Some people pray all the time, and you may not have prayed today. When Megan was praying, that might have been the first time. So it's, it was good that someone was praying today. That's the body of Christ. And so she was thankful that she's in the body of Christ, even though it's uh, you know, nationwide in her case. Nobody's supposed to be alone, right? I mean, can you even be a Christian if you're alone? Does it, does it work? It's kind of unthinkable, and it might be impossible. So being, in, being together, even, even doing that prayer together, even though it's on the, the Internet, is like a, a, a way to be together, and we have to do that over and over again. So she was relying on us, and she wanted me to know she was grateful. Our daily prayer blogs are designed for, like, uh, you know, if you're the... If you're, they're so simple that a newbie could dig right in at some level. And yet I don't think that people who have been around the block a few times as a Christian are embarrassed to go there. and aren't mind, you know, They don't mind joining in on the resource. So it's, I think it's a good thing. I mean, it's not a requirement, of course, right? You don't feel required. Julie doesn't tell you you have to go to daily prayer. Do you say, do you say that? I mean, Patrick, you, know, you might have to say, you, know, you need to go to daily prayer. Does she ever do that to you? Oh, really? Okay. I would never do that to you because it would be too scary. <laughs> but, the, uh, but, I mean, no one's, no one's making you do anything around here, I'm sure. And if you don't want to pray, I mean, that's up to you. You don't want to use the daily prayer. Well, of course not. No, one, no one's making you. But, I mean, the daily prayer is like a, you know, a plate full of snickerdoodles. Um, I mean, if someone put a plate full of snickerdoodles out and they say, well, why don't you eat one? Well, I would certainly eat one. I would take one home to Gwen, at least. I would make sure there weren't any more snickerdoodles left. But they... <laughs> 
daily prayers like that, a little bit of sweetness for you. So why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you try it? Why wouldn't you take this little uh, spiritual meal to feed your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength, you know, that someone made for you? Why not? Why not eat it? That's a good question just for the rest of this speech. Now, prayer, prayer is for everybody who follows Jesus, right? I mean, even if you don't think God is very, in, very interested in you having an ongoing relationship with God, uh, it's still for you too. If you're, if you're really new to faith or whether you're experienced, prayer and our, so our daily prayer blogs are for you. The blogs are good for the, the meditation challenged. When I say meditation, um, you might have a picture that automatically comes to your head. And that's why I put a blank screen up there, because I'd rather you didn't get a picture of someone doing meditation right, or meditation in a way that you already think about meditation, or the way someone gave you the idea of meditation. I'd rather you just get a picture of you meditating in your mind when they say the word meditation. How does that, how does that look like for you? It's, the, it's, it's, it's a picture of you thinking and uh, feeling along with God. You're, you're in the place uh, in your soul, in your inner being, however you see it, where you're making a connection with God, and you're kind of thinking through things, you're feeling through things like you do when you're in that territory of yourself. You might be thinking and feeling about God, you might not feel a super connection all the time when you're meditating, or it might be at that stage in your capacity to do it, to make the connection, and that's okay. But the goal of meditation in Christ is more just the thinking than just thinking about a topic. You're not thinking about necessarily a, just a thought or a principle. The goal of meditation is oneness with God. When you're meditating, you're, you're, you're working on communion with God, you're trying to figure out how you integrate your life with God. That's, that's all part of meditation. You, when Paul says, I want to live in love with God, or I want to be in Christ, you're working on that when you're meditating. That's a big territory. If you've, got it, if you've got it down to just, I'm thinking about something, I'm thinking about Bible thoughts or something like that, that's fine. But it's, it's a bigger topic. It, those little thoughts lead to a bigger place, and that's where we're trying to get to. Meditation is about consciously and deliberately turning to God who is with us. It's, it's, the, it's a process of turning away from um, perhaps anxiety or, or whatever distraction is occupying you and trying to get to the place where you're looking face-to-face, heart-to-heart with God. Um, I'll a lot of talk about meditation right these days. If you, if, uh, it's a very popular topic in the culture right now, right? And so most of the time what they're, they're talking, when they, when they, I think when most people are talking about meditation, they're trying to, get to settle down. It's about how to turn away from my anxiety and try to get to a place where I feel more secure and more at peace, which is great. Certainly a, a, a place to start every time. But when Christians are meditating, they're not just turning away from their anxiety. They're actually turning toward God. Our meditation always has a personal object, our loving God, you know, and our true selves, our true selves in relationship with our loving God. That's meditation. 
Now, I don't know if that sounded complex to you yet, because sometimes, sometimes meditation sounds complex to people. They think, wow, this is, this is quite a thing. I don't even know if I want to get into it. Maybe it didn't sound too complex at all. But just for the sake of it, you know, we meditate on other things too, right? Not, not just God. Meditation just is an, an exclusive idea for God. I, I meditate on Gwen all the time. You know, I wonder, well, I wonder what Gwen is thinking right now, even when I'm with her sometimes. I wonder what she's thinking. I still don't always find out. But she's a lot like God. I don't always know. And when I'm not with her, I feel fondly for her. I'm sitting at my office chair, and she, her, her, she will come across my mind, and I'll start thinking about her. And maybe I'm wondering, I wonder if she's making snickerdoodles downstairs. That'd be good. I feel the aroma of Gwen. That's the snickerdoodles, you know, of Gwen. That's, that's a good thing. Uh, in the case of uh, the fragrance of Gwen when it comes to me, I, I remember, you know, what it's like to be loved by her and how nice it is to feel close to her. Right? So I'm meditating on Gwen. We do, we do similar things with God. The, the daily prayer blog with its simple format just helps us do it a little better. So I, ho- I hope it will inspire you. I mean, this is not the only format for meditation. It's just the one that we have, you know, so that's why I'm talking about it. But when it comes to our daily prayer blogs, we always start with the Bible. Of course, you wouldn't need to start with the Bible to meditate, would you? If you wanted to turn your attention to God, you don't need the Bible to do that. But um, it won't hurt you any. We, we start with it because we, you know, don't want you to sit on a train going anywhere or nowhere. <laughs> you know, we, we have a, a track laid out for us, and we start there because it's, it's a good track. We, we discipline our time for meditation that way because we're not turning into nothingness or just considering how we feel or how we'd like to feel. We're, we're turning to love, and we're opening up to it. So this morning, you know, we started the, the Bible reading on, on daily prayer wind, that little part in orange, and we had today's Bible reading. We had a section of the Bible that worked with the theme of today's entry. I don't want to talk about that entry, but I do want to start my, my process here with the, the Bible, too. Um, if you understand what I was saying earlier, this verse will seem like, wow, this is really a plate of snickerdoodles. This is really a sweet little way to start. Uh, I mean, this, this is really more like steak, but if you needed a vegetarian alternative, it would be a snickerdoodle because it's a, it's a meaty thing. Those of steadfast mind you keep in peace, in peace because they trust in you. Read that for yourself. Let's all read it. Those of steadfast mind you keep in peace, in peace because they trust in you. Someone who loves the King James Bible, read the second one. Anybody? Anybody? King James? Thou wilt keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because they trusted in thee. Now read it like Kenneth Branagh. I, wanna, I, need, a, I need an English accent. No, never mind. That's right. I knew you would know that. Okay. The word steadfast here, if you want to unpack it, it, it means uh, sturdily formed. Is that nice? I mean, it has like a picture about it. You know, you're kind of looking at a person who's a little bit buffed out, you know, who has uh, a nice physique and whose feet are firmly planted on the ground, and you know that they're solidly formed. We're talking about how minds are formed, and we hope that they will be sturdy. Don't just think of mind here as if it's just your brain, okay? 
Like when Jesus says, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, he's piling up ideas about what it is that uh, is the center of us, the core of us, but he's not creating thick boundaries between the categories. So this is the mind is a big idea here. Those, those of steadfast consciousness, you could even say, or those who have a, a sturdy attention or attentiveness, or those who are connected with strong bonds, uh, you keep in peace, Lord, because they trust in you. That's how they stay in peace. So if your mind is steadfast, your inner life is sturdily formed. When it is turned toward and attentive to your trustworthy creator, your friend, your brother, Jesus, you know, we, the, the whole verse here is talking about an active kind of trust, uh, a turning toward, I'm calling it. So you're still following this? We're, I'm working on a, a, a picture of meditation. It's an act of trust which forms a character of steadfastness. If you can meditate daily, if you could even use the daily prayer, you would... That process would be an act of trusting. You would be learning how to trusting, trust, and you'd be doing it actively in this relational thing you were doing. And as a result, your character would become trustworthy. It would become steadfast. It would become sturdy. Meditation clarifies our vision. It, it deepens and restores our hope. I think this is all in these verses. Just check it out. Is it really there? I think meditation expands our heart. And as we spend time heart to heart with the great lover, you know, we, get, we grow in our capacity to love as well. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. In this one uh, line, just one line about meditation from Isaiah, I think you can see some very basic things about meditation and prayer in general that are really important, especially in this day. So I just want to put them up there for so you can see them. Uh, the idea is we're actually having a relationship. This is what the assumption that the author has. It's, it's an actual relationship because they trust in you. You're talking about God. It assumes that you have a mind of your own. You have an interior life that can be kept in peace. We're talking about those of steadfast mind uh, they, they're, they're imagining a people. There's a lot of people who, are in, who can do this. Then it's actually, you can be a part of them because they're in this time and they're in this place. They actually exist. It's not just in your mind. It's, it's happening among a people. And it's in the, the present. The time is now. I often talk about an eternal now that we have with God. We're meditating. You know, that it's, it's a right now kind of thing. So trusting and staying, stead, being steadfast, that's, that's the water for the soul. If you want to be a deep Christian, if you don't want to just skim the surface of Christianity, if you don't want to just come to meetings and say, what, what am I, are we going to go to church again or something like that, but you actually want to be in relationship with God, uh, meditation is where you find it. That's where you find the, the deep waters of relationship with God. Because that's where we learn to trust God and learn how to swim in the deep water. Meditation is the prayer of turning into trust, and it's the prayer of determining to stay.
So it's really important. So we start the, we, we got all this from the Bible. We started with the Bible in the daily prayer because the, we got to get the theme before we uh, got to kind of master the theme before we kind of do variations on it, do our own style of it. You know, trying to, to meditate before you've been attentive to what your predecessors have taught you about it is sort of like um, uh, putting your, your bear on a, your bicycle before you've taught her to pedal, right? Uh, I don't know if this analogy works very well, but I love the bear on the bicycle, so I thought I'd put it up there. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just, you, just saw the, you just saw that the Bible was teaching you about pedaling. How do you do this? Had a nice little proverb that summarized a lot of meaning that I tried to unpack for you. And they, they gave that all to you before they just threw you on a spiritual bike on your own and said, well, just do it. You'll figure it out as you go along by yourself, which is the way a lot of people do everything these days. I don't think the Bible teaches us to do it that way, and we start out with that kind of humility that says, no, really, I think I get, probably should learn the concept of pedaling before I just take out the bike and roll on it. And actually, someone, like the person who wrote the Bible, will help me ride the bike, and I'll figure out how to do it. Now, just because you know how meditation works, you know, like I said, well, you get on the bike and then you pedal it. It's not, you, know, you might just get the concept. That doesn't mean that you won't have to get a feel for it once you're on the bike, right? But once you're, once you're doing it, you'll, you'll, you do have some trustworthy guidance about how to pray. The next section of the daily prayer, then, is all about guidance and uh, getting a feel for things. Here's the meditation section from today's daily prayer, the In the Wind entry. So as far as this speech about the meditation challenge, I'm trying to help the meditation challenge in some way. Here, here's some of my thoughts about meditation. Here's some more thoughts for about meditation. Um, I think, like I said before, a, a lot of uh, people today consider that um, mindfulness and all the teaching that we're getting and our, our children are getting is about the essence of meditation. That's about what it is. And when you say mindfulness, most people get a picture in their head about a person meditating, and that's what they think it's all about, because everyone's getting trained about that. And I would say that, and I will keep saying for the next couple of minutes, that, that meditation, the way I'm talking about it, is not merely mindfulness. Mindfulness is fine, nothing wrong with it per se, but it's, but it's like a beginning place. Because most of mindfulness is about, which I think is, this is a good thing, is trying to help us to settle down and not be so anxious. Mindfulness is a way to be in charge of your own relaxation and to figure out how to do some self-soothing that you may never have discovered when you were a baby. And you certainly wouldn't be able to discover if you walked around outside with a, having a 51-degree temperature in, on February 16th. I'm a little unnerved all day because I'm wondering what's happening because a great big iceberg just fell off Antarctica last week. And the week before that, they had a 65-degree temperature down there. It's anxiety-provoking. You know? And so we, everybody needs a little bit of self-soothing these days. And mindfulness is a good way to, to do it. Big term. And it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Have you been trained in it yet? Anybody get trained in mindfulness at work? Not, not you guys, huh? Yeah, some people. Did your children get anything? Or do you know that they did? They, they, I'm sure they did it in school already. It's like in the curriculum. They might not even tell you because they assume that you, you expect it. Because that's one of the ways they keep the class uh, settled down. A lot of what we mean when we say meditation we, coincides with mindfulness. 
since settling down is settling down all over the planet. You know, people are people. And if I can learn a breathing technique or any technique that will slow down my processes, I will feel more relaxed and it will be better. And that's the way we start. And you, you've been trained at, at that to do that around here. When you didn't, have you been trained in mindfulness? I said at work, but you've been trained around here because we always start, I'm gonna say it later, take a deep breath. If you, haven't already, if you didn't do that when you came in, you're probably still settling down and you're having trouble getting into this meeting. But um, it's a good thing. But the problem with the mindfulness teachers, I don't feel well, you, this next uh, few minutes will get a little bit uh, intricate, so I apologize if that's true, because I want you to know that the mindfulness teachers, although they say that their stuff is neutral and it really doesn't have any values, it most certainly does. And it has an antecedent that corresponds to some teaching that's really strong all over the world. And um, so it's not value neutral. Uh, most mindfulness training is more in line with uh, Don, Don Perignon. Can I, can I actually play this video? Will it work that way? I, I can act it out. That's all right. It takes, takes about, this is only like one, not even a minute. It's Lenny Kravitz holding a bottle of Dom Perignon. And so he's on TV strutting around. Like, I, look, I look a little bit like Lenny Kravitz, don't I? And um, I can play that. And um, so he's saying that, um, he's talking about life. Life is what we create. Life is what we create every day out of nothing. Dom Perignon. I don't know why they wanted to connect themselves with that, except the, the idea is prevalent that what you've got when you are um, every day is this set of nothingness, and from that you make something. And of course, Don Perignon will help you do that. And that's, a, that's also essential to, to mindfulness teaching. The goal is to really be in your moment, because the moment is all you've got. The moment is, is it. And uh, mindfulness will teach you this over and over again, how to settle down on the, you know, right here, settle down in this room. If you're a person who doesn't like to get out of their house and you ended up in this big group, how do I settle down and be in my moment? You know, and they'll teach you how to do that because they'll say, this is a transitory thing. Everything's transitory. Nothing's permanent. Just be in your moment. And they'll give you explicit directions for how you can do that. You know, just to see how thoughts seem to simply arise and then cease. That's how a lot, that's all there is. I'll give you some vis visual imagery for it. You know, think of your thoughts like clouds drifting away in the sky. You know, and that, that's part of, and they say it with that tone too, right? They'll reinforce these ideas of transience and encourage you to detach yourself from getting too caught up in your own experience. You know, you're not your thoughts. You're not your pain. Common mantras. You know. These things aren't all bad, of course, unless you think that's all there is to meditation and not just like the first steps of turning to God. Most mindfulness training is grounded in the Buddhist doctrine of anatta. Are you familiar with this? It's a... Uh, it's the no, it's essentially the no self teaching in Buddhism. And, um, most, in most mindfulness teaching, what the Bible just thought about, taught about a mind that is steadfast on God, 
the teacher would say, well, that's not right understanding. That's not, that's not, a, not a truth. Because in Buddhist teaching, there is no God, and there is no self. There's just a, a collection of factors. There's something that's happening, the experience of which is impermanent. So like the, the commercial said, life is what you create out of nothing every day. You know, like their Buddhist predecessors, uh, contemporary mindfulness practitioners teach that nothing's permanent or personal, and they, their, their thinking's kind of leaking into the, the common vernacular. That's why we often say, no worries, nothing, nothing, nothing to worry about, because there's, <laughs> there's nothing to worry about. It's not personal. Nothing's personal. You know, whereas Jesus' followers always know that, no, everything matters. Everything matter mattered so much that God became matter so that it could point out how much it mattered. And it's all personal. God loves it all. It's not just an impersonal thing. It's not just a happening. It's a, it's a personal relationship that's happening. It's loved. Everything's beloved. We know that. But mindfulness teaching is everywhere, and it's, and it's, super, it's super profitable, too. Um, I tried out a mindfulness app on the trolley the other day. Um, I had discovered that such apps were, well, mu were multiplying. You probably know all about them, but I just kind of discovered it. Um, I tried this one called Headspace. It's actually the most popular one. Um, very nice. I like it. I used it. it, was, it was, I thought it was, was kind of fun. Its main com competitor was, is Calm. There are Christian versions, too. One, one's called Abide. I didn't want to try them all because I just didn't want to. But, but also because I, did, I, I signed up for Headspace, and it was really hard to get off of Headspace. I had to like, figure out, how do you actually stop these 10-day trials? You know, that was, I, this was not designed for me to stop it, but just to keep on meditating. So um, I couldn't get off. So I don't, I don't exactly recommend that, especially if you're like challenged about how not to be scammed by the Internet. But um, I just wanted to understand them. Because someone asked me, you know, people love the apps, and maybe you do too. Maybe you use all of these. I'm, I'm kind of old, so I don't. But the... Uh, Somebody asked me, well, would you please uh, record a daily prayer? I don't want to read it. I want to listen to it. I want it on your app. And why don't you have an app? So I don't know. And Andy Puticombe started it all. He came back to Britain to create Headspace after he had been a Tibetan monk for 10 years. This is a great story. You should just look up this guy. Um, he is getting his head shaved here for his commitment ceremony. When he was 20, he had this, this uh, terrible experience with some of his friends, a big, big accident, and lost some of them. And he took off for Asia and found peace there in the monastery. So he has quite a personal testimony about this whole process. The BBC calls him the former monk who runs a $100 million meditation firm. It's true. He is so rich. He's worth $150 million. You can look it up on, you know, we say, how much is Andy Petticombe worth? You know, how much is Julie Hoke worth? I think you're probably on there. <laughs> but Rick, he, does, he runs it with this Rick Pearson guy who's responsible for the technical side. And because uh, Andy's worth, is in charge of the sales side. Um, and here they are holding up the app in China, which is another market for them. Puttacombe's 2013 TED Talk has been seen, listened to, uh, three million times, which sounds like an awful lot, doesn't it, until you realize that Justin Bieber, 
just put out a video for Yummy. You already heard this, right? Um, uh, he put it out on January 4th, and it has been viewed 180 million times. So, so, well, so that's what things, things are relative. But um, the intro, you know, um, come on, basically, or the, an, an intro part of the Headspace teaching starts out with this little, this is just a picture of the, how you get to meditation with a childlike mind. It's, it's really kind of cool if you want to look at it and you don't want to swallow all the background teaching that I just told you to sus be suspicious about. But it's, it really has an, it's really nice in a way. But the takeaway I got from it, um, I won't tell you the whole thing, but I'll tell you some of it. They had a childlike mind in this cartoon universe of Headspace that is pliable and very happy and being very curious about whatever is going to happen, which I think is a great way to enter meditation. But the main takeaway I got is the, the little childlike mind ended up in that middle lady's head while she was listening to a, a Headspace tape, or whatever they are now, the, um, what? Podcast. And, uh, Gwen, what do they call those things? <laughs> no, I can't hear you. Say it louder. The, uh, the, uh, the, she was sitting on the train. Where I, this is what appealed to me because I sit on the train a lot. And she was totally um, unaware of her surroundings. She was really into her moment. And she was having a childlike experience of her own self and what was happening in her mind. And she was deeply into it. To the, and they kept showing her in different scenes on the train. She didn't notice any of them. She was told, I said, you put this on the, you put this on the broadcast? This is what you did? This was, this was your advertisement for this, that you can, li you can be on the train and be totally unconnected to anybody around you. Put this in your, your um, ears and you'll be fine. You can see I'm, I'm skeptical of commodified uh, Buddhist mindfulness. Not that they're bad people. I think they're probably trying to move towards God too. I, a lot of people start with the Buddhist theory and end up with Jesus. I've, I've known them personally, so it's, I, I don't know how God's going to do it. So I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not, you know, ragging on every Buddhist that ever walked. I'm just saying you could, it could masquerade as Christian meditation, and it would be a, a little bit delusional. So let me briefly just go through the last section of where every daily prayer leads, which is the suggestions for action. I just got three little tiny suggestions to how you could um, uh, do something if you're meditation challenged. And all of us are meditation challenged because we live in a city that's one, the poorest city in the country percentage-wise. You know, there's, there's devastation all around us in our own city. And we live in a country that's building a wall around itself so that you can keep the rest of the poor people out. You know, especially the ones that are of color. It's really anxiety provoking. It would be very tempting just to put the earphones in and just get in touch with yourself. So it's a very challenging place to live. We're all meditation challenged. Can we actually turn into love? Could we learn how to trust? Can we actually be of steadfast mind? Or we just have to be behind the wall and try to escape something? It's really quite a child, it's quite a question, I think. So um, We've, we've thought a little bit about being guided. 
learned a little bit about the context of, the, of meditation and how it's working today, maybe, how it's seen today. So here's a suggestion. Just do it. Did it come up? Don't give up, yeah. God will show up if you learn to show up. I think one of the main reasons people don't pray isn't because they're not good or because they don't want to pray. I just don't think they think they'll do it right. And it never seems to work out right. I don't think they think they, God will do it right. <laughs> they're not sure about it. Will God actually show up? It's, it's really quite frightening if you take that question seriously. Will my expectations be met? We'll have to risk having those questions and meditating to find out. This may be seem like a hard, hard message, but you have to stay on the bike until you can ride it. You did it when you were five, I guess. Maybe you never did. I do know lots of people who never learned how to swim until it became absolutely important because they were going on a cruise. And they're too afraid not to know how. So they learned. Same way with meditation. I'd say in this, in this case, it's even more uh, deeply rooted in you because you were designed to ride the meditation bike right into a satisfying relationship with God. Fundamental to my faith, that's what that was. I, I'm designed for that. And I can say, yeah, sure, God will show up. I've been doing this for 40 years or so. God shows up every day. Wonderful experience of comfort and direction of a sense of centeredness and an actual feeling. No, I really trust this process. I trust this God. I have lots of stories about that, but I'm about out of time, as you know. Don't start with your expectations, okay? And what I mean by you, know, you have an idea in your head about what this means. I tried not to get you a picture of that, give you a picture of that so that you would conform yourself to some high expectation of what you ought to be when you started this process of prayer. Don't start with that, okay? You'll never do it because you'll always think you're doing it wrong and will always seem unsatisfying. Find God somewhere and start there. Everybody all over the world, whether they're Christian or whatever they are, they all have a sense of God in one way or the other, even if it was just when they were a child and they were meeting God, as all children do. And the, they, they carry the image of God themselves. So someplace there's this experience, there's this knowledge, there's this intuition, and there's certainly this capacity that, that draws us to know God and to be our, our true selves. So whatever little spark of that you already have, I would say start there. And I think you should feel okay about starting there. That's how you'll get somewhere. Turn from there into your fullness and keep learning to trust. And of course you have to try it. This speech is like silly if you didn't try it. So, of course, I want you to try it right now. So try it. This is, this is super simple. So just try it. Just, just be in your own space. Start with, that, start with being mindful. Centered in your place and, and in this moment. So, of course, take the deep breath. Notice your breath. Whenever you concentrate on that breath, turn your, turn your mind towards it. It tends to relax you. And relax your body. Let your shoulders go slack, all those things. You would need more time for that, but some of you got there already, automatically. Those things settle you down. Now just let your mind wander this, through the last 45 minutes or so, even before you got here. 
Just be there with Jesus in those memories. And note the different things you have experienced. The moment with the child, greeting your friends, the song we sang, the speech, all those things. What did, what did you experience? What was the, what did you feel? And look for one particular thing that's, that stands out and just focus on that for now. I'll give you a second to do it. Find the one thing and try to focus on it. Got an experience? Meditate on it. Let it mean what it means. Is it encouraging, convicting, enlightening, disgusting, hope building, confusing, whatever? What did it mean? I hope you're still with me. Focus on that and trust God for it. However you understand that experience, let your experience of it be trusting. Your act of trusting makes you steadfast. More connected, loved, truthful. I'll give you a couple moments more to, to, to work with that. Thank you, Lord, for trusting us with yourself your love, and a great future. Bless us as we turn into it and become steadfast. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.